Home ownership is the cornerstone of a strong community, and here in Iowa City, we want to make home improvements an obtainable goal for all of our residents. Hello, and thanks for tuning in to Iowa City Matters, a podcast designed to provide listeners with information about civic and community topics that impact you. I'm Simon Andrew, Assistant to the City Manager for the City of Iowa City. Today, we are going to be highlighting the city's housing rehabilitation programs. From making your home more energy efficient to completing accessibility improvements, the city can aid in a variety of rehab projects. Not only can these improvements help the city reach our climate action goals, but these programs also help strengthen and grow individual neighborhoods across our community. To help us explain the different programs and how they work, we have a panel of experts, including a resident who recently completed some rehab work as a part of a city program. Let's introduce the group. Tracy Haichu is the Director of Neighborhood and Development Services for the city. Tracy has worked for the city since 2001, serving as a Community Development Planner and Neighborhood Services Coordinator before being appointed Director last year. Thanks for joining us, Tracy. Thanks, Simon. Next up is our Neighborhood Service Coordinator, Erica Kubli. Erica is a graduate from the University of Iowa School of Urban and Regional Planning. During grad school, she actually interned for the city. We appreciate you being part of this podcast. Thanks, Simon. Happy to be here, too. Our next panelist knows his way around a power tool. David Powers works as a rehab specialist, overseeing many of the housing rehabilitation programs for the city. David has worked for 34 years in construction, 22 of those being with the city. Thanks for joining us, David. Good to be here. Donna Seforic is an Iowa City resident who has recently been able to take advantage of a few of the programs we are about to discuss. She's living in her childhood home that her family first moved into in 1953. Donna, we're excited to hear about your experience as a homeowner going through these programs. Thanks for joining us. Well, I'm happy to be here. Before we get into the different types of rehabilitation and funding eligibility, can you please talk to us a little bit about the idea behind these programs and how they match up with the mission of Neighborhood and Development Services? Tracy and Erica, let's start with you. One of the main goals of the council's strategic plan is to foster healthy neighborhoods, and that is what we do at NDS. We preserve and we maintain homes as safe places to live. We work on the historic preservation in those neighborhoods that we need to in our conservation historic districts, and we tend to help those that need the help. Um, What we find is that low to moderate income residents don't live in new construction. They live in older homes. Many of our our homes that we work on are pre-1980 homes and the homes before 1980s. uh, We look to make sure that there's no leaking pipes, that the windows, the doors are sealed correctly. There's not water getting in the foundation. We do a lot of things to improve the quality of the home for the, the residents. Those homes can have a series of code issues. They could have foundation issues. They could have things that make the residents sick. So we go into those homes and we have a variety of rehab programs that fits the needs of, of several people in our in these neighborhoods. I would just add that the rehab program provides a way for residents to make necessary repairs in their home that they might not be otherwise able to afford. And so this improves their quality of life and often their health and safety of, of the residents, but it also serves as a tool for maintaining the city's existing housing stock. Okay, thank you very much for that. Uh, There are a number of different programs that the city offers, from emergency assistance to exterior repairs. Let's talk about a few of them in greater detail. David, can you talk about residential accessibility and what type of projects that may entail? Well, our residential accessibility program is intended to help people remain safely in their homes. It can be a lot of different improvements just depending on, on what an individual needs, whether it's grab bars in the bathroom, eliminating uh, steps into the front entrance of the home with a a wheelchair ramp or widening of doors, that sort of thing, just to make it safer for a person to, to stay in their home. Sure. Thank you very much, David. 
Erica, another important opportunity is the Energy Efficiency Program. What type of improvements does that focus on? Energy efficiency improvements might include replacing or upgrading your heating and furnace systems, window replacement, weatherproofing, and adding or replacing insulation. We typically focus on this program September through March with improvements that will make the home more livable in the cold winter months and will also reduce heating costs to enhance affordability for residents. Thank you. And Donna, you took advantage of this program with some energy efficiency improvements in your home. Can you tell us specifically what upgrades you were able to make as part of this program? Well, I first went through an energy audit where they came through and looked at everything in my house. My furnace was over 70 years old. It was the original furnace. And it wasn't in the greatest of shape and obviously was not energy efficient. And they told me that the furnace should be replaced and also the water heater. My comment was the water heater was not that old, but it was not energy efficient. So I now have a new water heater also. And I was able to take advantage and get central air conditioning. So I no longer have a window air conditioner that drowns out everything as far as sound goes and does not reach the back bedroom. So I'm very, very happy. Fantastic. Thanks for uh, walking us through that. Another unique program that we have is the Healthy Homes Program. We're very proud of this. And Tracy, can you explain how that program works? Sure. Um, the Healthy Homes Program came about through our work with Invest Health, basically how we can improve the indoor air quality of homes so that the residents are healthier. So what the program does, it focuses on people with different lung disorders. Could be COPD, could be asthma. We dedicated up to $7,500 as a grant and we'll go in there and we'll improve those items that improve indoor air quality. So that might mean changing out carpet to hard surfacing. It might be changing the venting, adding vents in the bathroom, make sure they, they vent to outdoor air. There's a lot of things that we can do to make sure that the, the air in the home makes people breathe better. To be eligible for the program, you do have to have a diagnosed lung disorder, whether it's a COPD or asthma. So your medical professional can refer you or you can apply to the program on your own as well. We will verify your diagnosis with your medical professional. Well, thank you. You touched on eligibility a little bit there. Uh, so that's eligibility for healthy homes. Uh, how does eligibility work for some of the other programs? Most of our programs work based on income eligibility. And Healthy Homes does have an income eligible. So households under 80% of median income qualify for Healthy Homes. So not only do you have to live in the city's corporate limits, your household income has to be below 80%. We have different rehabilitation programs, whether you're talking about GRIP, our owner-occupied housing, our rental rehabilitation program. It's all based on your income. So our services are primarily for those residents who are low to moderate income. And Erica, how is the funding determined for uh, each individual project? Is it uh, varying from program to program, or how does that work? A little bit. So funding can come in the form of a grant or a loan. If you live in one of the city's targeted areas, half of your project costs will be provided as a grant and forgiven over five years. And then loan types are determined by an applicant's ability to pay. So we look at the household's mortgage, taxes, insurance, and utility costs. If someone is paying less than 30% of their gross income on housing, we would provide a zero interest loan, meaning they would be required to make monthly payments. If they are paying more than 30% of their income on housing, we would provide a conditional occupancy loan that would not require repayment until the home is sold. Um, a lot of our projects will often include both zero interest loans and conditional occupancy loans. Thank you very much. And Tracy mentioned the GRIP program. So for those that maybe don't meet eligibility requirements, there's a city-funded program that we call GRIP, which stands for General Rehabilitation and Improvement Program. David, what types of projects come out of this program, and how is that funding provided? 
Uh, that funding is uh, general fund, budgeted every year through the normal uh, budgeting process for city council. The kinds of projects that we do with the GRIP program are very similar to, to what we do with our federally funded programs. Uh, sometimes it's just a case where a homeowner makes too much to qualify for the federal program, but they still need a, a new furnace or a new roof or, or what have you. Um, we do have a little bit more flexibility when it comes to the, the GRIP program. So we do some things like remodeling of kitchens and bathrooms that we might not otherwise do, but uh, makes for uh, good improvements to their houses. Yeah, very good. Another service the city offers in partnership with Green Iowa AmeriCorps is to provide free energy audits, which uh, Donna mentioned as part of the project that we did on her house. Donna, you went through uh, this audit on your home and determined some changes that you could make to save energy. Can you tell me how the, the audit process worked? Well, there were two women that came, and they really just went through the house. We changed a few light bulbs, and I had new windows put on when I moved back into the house in 2006. So the windows were fairly new, except for the one where the window air conditioner was. And they were energy efficient. So in the project of taking care of the outside of my house, the windows were not the biggest problem that peeling paint was what was driving me crazy. And um, I opted for vinyl siding, and I am just so pleased with the way everything turned out. Very good. And for others that might be interested in taking part in this program, Erica, can you please explain how to sign up for that process? Sure. You'll want to sign up directly with the Green Iowa AmeriCorps for your audit. To reach the team, you can call them at 319-339-5399 or you can email them at greeniowaic at gmail.com and they will set up an appointment to come out to your house. And I will also add that you do not need to be a participant in our program to get a free energy audit. It's open to everyone. A great thing about our partnership with the Green Iowa AmeriCorps is that these audits are free to the owners, so there's no cost involved. Well, that's fantastic and certainly important for furthering Council's climate action goals. We've mostly been talking about owner-occupied funding, but you can also get rehab assistance for rental properties as well. Erica, can you outline that program, Rental Rehabilitation? Sure. Our rental rehab program is brand new. We just started offering it this fall. So we have funding available to rehab single-family and duplex properties in the city's targeted neighborhoods. We'll have up to about $25,000 available per unit, and half will be provided as a grant, and half will be a zero-interest loan. Both nonprofit and for-profit owners are eligible to apply. Depending on the project size, there will be a five or 10 year period of affordability where the tenants must be under 60% of the area median income and rents for the rehabbed units must be under the home fair market rent, which is currently about $900 for a two bedroom unit. Some of the eligible costs for the program might include correcting housing code violations, making energy efficiency improvements, or just general property improvements. And our goal with this program is to provide an incentive for owners to invest and preserve the city's existing rental stock while also maintaining affordability for the tenants. Um, we're also excited that many of our work for years have been focused on owner-occupied housing rehab, so it is great that we now have a rental rehab program that landlords can take advantage of so that we can improve our single-family duplex rental stock as well. That's great. From start to finish, rehab projects can be daunting. Along with funding, what type of assistance does the neighborhood services staff offer along the way? Uh, David, if you could talk a little bit about home inspections, specifying work plans and repairs and getting bids from contractors, things of that nature. Sure, you bet. Myself and one other building inspector will go out to the homes that apply for assistance for us. 
And we go through the house looking for issues that the homeowner may or may not be aware of. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll look at uh, electrical, plumbing, foundation, the roof, siding, things like that, in addition to whatever the, the homeowner is interested in having us look at. So sometimes we'll find some things that folks weren't aware of being an issue um, that needs to be addressed to, to keep the house good and keep it safe for them to live in. Once we do that, we prepare a list of all the work items, kind of give the homeowner an idea what it's going to cost them, ballpark, um, so they understand what they're, what they're getting into, and home repairs can be quite expensive. From there, it depends on what kind of assistance the homeowner needs. Some folks are very comfortable with calling contractors and, and having them come out and look at things and go off the list and, and get prices. And some of them prefer to have us there to, to help communicate between the, the contractor and the homeowner just to make sure everybody understands what's going on. We oversee the work that, uh, as it's getting done, stop by the house, make sure everything's getting done properly. And once everything is all said and done, we go back to verify that it is complete and, and correct. Donna, you mentioned that you had some siding replaced in your home as part of this program. I was hoping you could des describe the process of working with the city to line all that up. Well, they gave me a list of different contractors to, to contact, which was very difficult because so many of them said, we're too busy to even look at it now. And I kept getting that from a lot of the siding contractors that were on the list. So I kind of called Liz Osborne and told her I was having a difficult time finding three people even to come give me bids. Mm -hmm. So she said that she would help out with that and she took care of part of it. So, you know, it was just real difficult to try to find somebody at the particular time I was looking to have them give bids. Yep, that can be very difficult. Yes, it is. Liz Osborne and Dave both were very helpful. So let's say that I'm qualified for this program. I've identified my rehabilitation project. What are the different ways that I can apply for this funding, Erica? Well, we're trying to go paperless as much as possible, so we have an online application right now on the city's website. That'd be our preferred method. However, if you'd like to fill out a paper application, we'd be happy to accommodate that as well. Um, you can stop by our office on the second floor of City Hall and pick one up, or you can contact staff and we could mail one to your house. Once you've submitted your application, you should hear from staff within a week, usually less, to let you know what the next steps are. If I can jump in here for just a minute, actually, the Heritage Agency on Aging sent me the application that I filled out. And I think that was because they had been to my house and saw that there were needed projects to be done. Mm -hmm. And so they sent me this application, which then I went ahead and filled out and sent into the city. That's great. It's always helpful when many agencies and many stakeholders in town are helping get the word out about these programs. I think so. Mm -hmm. And as we wrap up this conversation, I'd like to have each of the city employees recall a memory or accomplishment that exemplifies the work that you do through these housing rehabilitation programs. Uh, let's start with you, Tracy. The memory that comes most to mind is not a specific project, but it was about just the general need for rehab and investing in our neighborhoods. So a couple years ago, before we came up with the South District program, where we're going through neighborhoods and we'll buy a, a duplex, rehabilitate it, and sell it for home ownership. I spent the afternoon walking the neighborhood. It's the Weatherby neighborhood, and I was 
Um, I went from door to door to about 10 residents, anybody who was outside that would talk to me, and on Taylor and Davis Street, and we were just talking about if we had dollars to spend in your neighborhood, how would you spend it? And the overwhelming response was they wanted the reinvestment in their neighborhood. They wanted reinvestment in housing that they'd seen in other neighborhoods. So just the aesthetics, the livability, the safety of their homes, they just wanted investment, whether it was either for owner-occupied housing rehab or for rental housing. They just wanted to see the investment in the neighborhood. It was that important to them that they really believed it was an improvement to the neighborhood. So it was great to see, and it's something that we focus on. So we have purchased our second duplex in the neighborhood. Um, we will have the first one ready and rehabilitated soon and available for sale. But it's also about creating that balance of owner-occupied and rental in every neighborhood and investing in each neighborhood as they are. Fantastic. Erica, same question to you. Uh, what accomplishment makes you proud? So mine's more related to feedback I've gotten from a resident. I was recently speaking with a community member and telling her what I did at the city, and she said she had gotten rehab assistance about 10 or 15 years ago, and she described it as a life-changing experience for her. And so I think that's a good example of how big of an impact this program has for those who participate. And that's great to hear as someone who works on the program. That's great. And to you, David. That's a good question. We go into folks' homes to fix whatever's wrong or help make things better for them. And it's just a very rewarding thing to do, Mm -hmm. Uh, being that directly involved in a person's life and to help them stay in the home and keep the home safe for them and everything. I really enjoy that. I, I really like doing the projects that help folks stay in the home if they've suffered a stroke or things like that, some sure. of the little features that we can do. Uh, I know there was one particular house on Governor Street that the husband had had a stroke and was struggling, and it was to the point where they were going to have to put him in a home, mm-hmm. but we were to, able to come in and uh, install a ramp at the front door and some other safety features and kept him in the home uh, all the way up to the end, and the family was very appreciative of that too. And ultimately, the family came to us when the, when the mother had passed and sold us the home for our, uh, our University Neighborhood Partnership Program, And we turned that into an owner-occupied house. That's wonderful. Thank you, David. And we're going to give the final word to you, Donna. What's your favorite part of the projects that were completed at your home uh, through these programs? Oh, wow. That's really hard to say. I'd say everything they did. When I moved back into this house in 2006 after a divorce, the people that were living in it that had been renting it were moving out, and I couldn't see staying in West Branch in the big house that my husband and I had owned. And so I decided, well, I'll move back into my childhood home. But I had supplemented my income with the Social Security with... uh, working for Kirkwood College, which I did for 30 years. They dropped our program. All of a sudden, my income went to nothing more or less. And so I was just pretty much getting by on Social Security, and I didn't know how I was going to fix anything. Mm -hmm. So this program came along. I'm just so grateful for everything that's been done. And my house looks so great now. I'm just so happy. And I have neighbors that have stopped by that I've never met, that I've been out picking up sticks or something, and they'll stop and they'll say, your house looks great. And I'm like, isn't it wonderful? (laughs) So it makes me feel good. It's been a real uplifting experience. 
Well, that's fantastic. Well, we appreciate you joining us today, and um, we appreciate you letting us know all the work that the Neighborhood and Development Services are doing is having an impact. So thank you all. Thank you, Simon. Thank you. Thanks, Simon. And thank you very much for inviting me to this. I, I feel privileged. This has been an informative conversation, and we covered a lot of information. We've got details on the housing rehabilitation programs on the city's website at icgov.org slash housing rehab. Again, that's icgov.org slash housing rehab. Along with our guests, we'd like to thank the Iowa City Public Library, where we record this series. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please follow Iowa City Matters on iTunes or SoundCloud. We also toss episodes on our website at icgov.org slash iowacitymatters. We appreciate your support for this program and hope you'll continue to listen, learn, and engage. Thanks, Iowa City.